0: should have been like, I got some chocolate. Ich habe eine Schokolade.
1: <laughs> Zeon chocolate.
0: So yeah, here's the official. It has come to our attention that the Video Masters provided to us by... Or wait. It has come to our attention that the Video Masters provided to us to create our Gundam Seed Blu-ray set may have come from the Japanese HD broadcast versus the Japanese HD home video Blu-ray release. We have contacted Sunrise to check into this issue. Once we have a response, we will provide a formal statement on what options are available to us. And then it's got like hundreds of comments from people that are, you know, like super butter over it.
2: <laughs>
0: Which I mean I, I yeah, I mean I can understand. Like it sounds like like one, they're saying like You know, it's like the the blacks look kind of crappy, and I think, like, I I don't know, though, but it seems like, like, what can they do? I mean, it seems like they're in the hole for a lot of this stuff, you know? Like, I mean, do they have to send a bunch of discs out, or can they even afford to do that? Like, I don't know. know, That is lame, though, yeah.
2: How did I mean, they not, not like notice not like, that
0: before? You know, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like. Well, but then, then to you know, in 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 the in the uh, interest of fairness, I mean, it's it's kind of like if you didn't know there, like in other words, if somebody's like, you know, give me a McDonald's cheeseburger, and then somebody hands you like a cheeseburger from Fat Burger and. It's like maybe you don't know. Like it's like it's got a bun, it's got cheese, it's got meat. Like I I trust that you're giving me what I asked for, and then it turns out, ha ha, you fool! It's not. You know what I mean? Like
1: Mm -hmm. I I mean that
0: that's that's. I mean to be fair, that's what it sounds like is going on. You know, because I guess they, they they talk about there's different animation differences with the two different things. And then, uh, you know, some, some people were saying even the, the SD versions of the original one didn't have the same quality as the DVDs. So I'm just kind of like, hmm, okay. It's mm-hmm. like people, some people are like, well, what's the difference? Because most people don't know. Like here, the guy's like, detail, uh, God, nobody can write English, much less speak it. But it, it's, uh, let me see, detail 2, I can't even do this. This makes me so mad, Michael. Um, (laughs) detail too many scenes is greatly reduced in the broadcast version. This must be somebody who doesn't speak English, but whatever. The remastered home release version has additional details that were discarded during initial show production. Oh, yeah. That's weird that they would have made an (laughs) HD version of that original broadcast at all, then. It's crazy, because there are, like, four different versions of the same show but with slight variances with each. It just sounds like there's like a lot of different you know mm. versions. You know what's funny about that though is like if that's the case, like why don't why don't they just, you know, have all of them? You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Like, like if there are that many versions then then it seems like no matter what they do that's kind of fucked, but whatever. I mean, I don't know, I haven't even I haven't even opened it or plugged it in. I mean, like I'm a big dummy head, so for all I know, I could plug it in and be like and, and have
1: never known about it. I but, didn't you know. notice anything. Yeah. Well that is weird though. Yeah. I wonder if like I mean, well it's gotta be like if it's the remaster like I wonder if they like Well I'm see, I'm trying to think of like what they've done with C before. You, like i I'm, you would know more about
0: those remasters than I would, because I've, I've never seen them, period. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, like, like I, I'm wondering if they if they are lacking, like, the new animation from, like, the movies that they spliced in, or whatever, that, I or think something. That's like, what, I think that's what people were talking about, like, uh, like, that. So, like, like, I mean, I, I could be so, you know, like I said, yeah, I don't that's, know enough. That's really... Weird then because the, the whole reason I thought they made a new dub was because like there was like new animation in the series, so yeah, it wouldn't yeah. the old dub wouldn't fit, would match, right? So, did they just redub the old like footage? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, see, that's the thing, that's why myself. I'm like, yeah,
0: I'm kind of like, I don't know what they're they, they said, we'll tell you what our options are, but I'm just kind of like, I don't I don't know what the options are. Um, I thought somebody had pictures at some point. Oh, wait, here we go. There's some big animation differences between the two. It's not just the video quality. I'm glad you guys caught this and were open about it. Also, I hope they don't pull the same thing with Destiny, sending you the wrong video masters. Well, I could give two shits about Destiny. So, um, here, let me send you the. Here, maybe this will. Uh, let me get your take on this, because then you can maybe. I can probably me on tell what you what yeah. I'm looking at, but like, like th- this guy put like all these comparison shots of this is that is that big enough to see
1: oh yeah 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 see it looks like they just used the original like thing instead of like the new animation they made Mm. so yeah i I guess he's trying to illustrate the differences
0: i mean i don't know like i said i haven't plugged it in but i mean if if, uh, i guess i guess if i got to this point i could try to take a look at it depending on what episode
1: yeah that's pretty lame Yeah, like they redrew people's faces and...
0: Well, they're saying... You the guy saying it did happen with Destiny, but they're trying to fix that. And then, and then they're saying, for the rest of us, we'll probably have to rebuy this standard edition with the corrected version. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Maybe I should return it, then. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Or I could keep it and have all the versions...
1: It has all All the the versions of seeds. All the seeds.
0: All the seeds.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, That is lame. I'm glad I didn't buy it then. (laughs)
2: Listen, Dad. Are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? (sighs) It almost looks like this mobile suit is shaking in terror.
1: It's a mobile suit! Amuro, is that you inside that mobile suit?
0: Let's just see. Let's test the reaction time of your brand new mobile suit. You alone are responsible for the mobile suit now. Is that understood?
2: These are the days when you wish your bed was already made. It's just another... Mobile suit. Monday. Wish it was Sunday. That's my... Summer O'Rain. Or I don't have to run day. It's just another... Mobile suit. Monday.
0: Domro oh, no. my- Ray!
1: Oh, another- Mobile suit.
0: Monday. In war, to keep the upper hand, you have to think two or three moves ahead of the enemy. Hey guys! Welcome back to another Mobile Riffic! Gundam-tastic episode of FanHoles Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and I am not alone. I am joined by two, count them, two of my sunbathing podcast colleagues. Why don't you guys give a shout-out and let everybody know who's
1: here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and is our Xeon chocolate not good enough for you?
2: Hey, this is Justin. Zig Zion. Nah, too bad. <laughs> you lost your chance to have some chocolate. Sorry, kid.
0: Yeah, so we are here. We are back discussing the original Mobile Suit Gundam anime that started it all. We're actually up to episode 13 with our chronological indexing of this anime series. Episode 13 is titled Coming Home. The Japanese air date was June 30th, 1979. The English air date was August 8th 2001 and basically were given you know the the i guess the new midway intro that sets up the show in the one year war and and as of the last few episodes it's finally you know, changing up, it's focused on the Zabi family and kind of gives you the Cliff Notes version of White Base escaping Site 7 and making its way to Earth. And this one ends by stating they must encounter one terror after another, you know, and they kind of cut to Rom because of their encounters with him. And then we get the title card, which is coming home. And we open up on a rocky beach where the white base is docked in the water by shore. Ryu and Hayato are sparring in karate gis on the beach. As Hayato tosses Ryu on his back, Kika, lets and Cats splash salt water on one another in the sea. Fascinated by the sky and the sun of the earth, Mirai and Sela sunbathe in bikinis. Kai, also in swim trunks, stops by to ask the girls where Amaro has gone, and Mirai tells him he's taken the core fighter to visit his mother, Kamaria Ray, I guess that's how you say it, because I don't think they actually ever say that in the show, who lives nearby. Salem mentions the frequent air raids, and Mirai confirms she's heard there has also been guerrilla fighting nearby as well. So, I'm just going to open this up at this point. What do you guys think about like Kai's whole reaction to Amuro basically having a hometown on earth. Like there's, there's like this notion that he has, you know, I mean, it, it's funny cause it's, it, you know, I, I did what I normally do. I watched the, the English TV dub. I watched the Japanese language version and I watched the, the movie dub, which of course it, it's interesting because the last time we kind of almost finished off movie one, but some of movie one was bumped back and, and deals with this episode as well. So I went back and, and watched some of that. Yeah, a native Earth dweller? I knew that rat was one of the elite. I mean, basically in all the versions, Kai kind of considers Amaro and basically any person that lives on Earth has a home on Earth as an elite. He said his
2: hometown was about 30 kilometers away. Well, I'm disappointed in him. Isn't he one of Earth's elite? It's really unfair to Mm -hmm. say that everyone who happens to live on Earth's elite. Amuro and his father stayed out in space for several years. He's never really lived with his mother, so he's eager to see her again.
0: Just having a place on Earth (sighs) makes you elite. In the TV dub, he kind of, to me, it sounded like he voices his disappointment, though, like with Amuro's hometown. So I I guess the way I think of it is he's he's like butthurt that the hometown isn't as cool as he thinks it should be, kind of. Like, I don't know. That's kind of the vibe. It's like they kind of went out of their way. Like, they were kind of overly trying to make Kai a jerk. And, like, I think in the Japanese language and even in the movie dub, like, there's, I don't know, there's both less and more of that. Like, in the movie dub, Kai calls him a rat. He's like
1: that rat,
0: you know, like, and I'm just kind of like, dude, just because you live on Earth. Like, so it's like it's like this weird notion of like Amro's like a one percenter because he comes from Earth or some crap like that. And but then at the same time in the TV dub, it's almost like Kai thinks his hometown is a dump. So it's kind of like, well, wait, like, like, how can you be mad? Like, I, I think at least in the Japanese version, there's no indication that Kai thinks this is a shitty place to stay. So it's a little more like he kind of walks up and he's like, hey, where'd go? Oh, he was in that Core Fighter? Oh, okay. Well, you know, anybody who lives on Earth is, you know, the elite, right? And and then Mirai's kind of like, be nice, you know, just because Amuro has a home here doesn't mean he's elite. And he's kind of like, come on, Mirai, let, like, let's get real. Everybody who has a spot on Earth is an elite, you know? And that's, that's all that's really said in the Japanese version but i you know like i said i was kind of curious like what what do you guys think of this and what's your reaction to the the you know the, this this is kind of world building you know it's kind of establishing like there's there's you know to, to the people that are space noids the earth is viewed as an elite you know and the people that occupy earth are also considered part of that elite so like what's your take on that do you think amro is an elite person do you think Kai's just being a dick. Like, what What do you think about all that?
2: I just kind of took it as Kai being Kai. I mean, Kai, you know, Kai being a jerk is kind of his default. I mean, and it's like, I think one of the girls said in the English TV version, you know, like, Amro may have a home on Earth, but he hasn't lived there for quite a while. So, you know, it's like he, you know, he may have like fuzzy memories of living here and living with his mom, but it's not like they're, you know, strong and you know that sort of thing
1: yeah like i you know kai is a, like justin said kai is a jerk by default but you know i guess i can see it like you know you can see where like char would eventually you know by char's counter-attack think that like all the people on earth are spoiled like idiots or whatever so like th- there is some kind of prejudice there i guess but it's, it's funny because i feel like if if Kai were like walking in, down like a city street on earth and something, and you'd see like a homeless person and you'd be like, you filthy elite, like you <laughs> look at you, he gets his own cardboard box. Like, <laughs> all the, uh,
0: yeah, um, I think, I think that's a good point. Cause, cause I mean, you know, you, it, it's funny to look at something as an, you know, someone or a group of people and generalize them as a group of elites But then, I mean, you made it an extreme example, but but I think it works because, I mean, I I think I mean, I could be wrong. But my take on it is this is not Amaro's quote unquote hometown is not the most industrial. It's not a city. You know, it's kind of a small town. I mean, you can argue that maybe it's war torn, and that's partly why it's not you know quote quote state of the art or whatever that they don't have all the luxuries of of say you know a industrialized side colony or whatever but i mean if you were to tell me i mean and you know justin's ridden around with me so he, he knows my attitude about this but if, if you were to tell me like I'm, I'm driving somewhere and all i saw was amaro's hometown on earth and and when and when we finally got somewhere in a car and it started looking like Amaro's hometown inside three, I think Justin knows exactly what I'd say, yep. that we finally reached civilization. Yep. Right. <laughs> so so that I mean, and and, then, and so I kind of understand that perspective. Right. And but but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, then how can you, you know, to me, it, it kind of breaks my brain, too, because you're like, how can you possibly accuse People of being elitists when you can't, you know, actually stand to be in the quote unquote elite location. You know, like that doesn't—I don't know—doesn't make any sense to me.
2: There is there is one glaring problem I had with this scene. You've got Mirai and Shayla like hanging out, getting sun in their bathing suits, but Frau Bo is not in her bathing suit. She's not even to be seen.
0: I I I was gonna ask if you were if you were that there's no yes. Frau Bo in a bikini. <laughs> It's kind of weird. That's kind of like, I mean, you'd think, like... I mean, you can understand why certain characters would be kind of left out. Like, it's not like they have Oscar Dublin, like, running around playing volleyball or something, right? Like, I kind of get that, right? Because he's an officer or whatever. But, like, it it is kind of interesting. Like, where, you know... Bo is not actually in this episode at all, really. I mean, she is towards the very end. I mean, I wonder if, like, they didn't have the voice actor or something. Or, I don't know, but... It, that is kind of odd. You'd think, okay. like, she might be there watching the kid.
1: You know, like there, she might be the, there
0: watching the kids or something.
1: I like there was there was the one brief scene of Ryu helping prop Hayato's confidence up by allowing himself to be judo-thrown. <laughs> <Like, laughs> he's like, I guess so. Like, I mean, this wouldn't, like... It's like, in real life, I'd probably kick your ass. But, you know, because you need a confidence boost, I'll let you, like, throw me. Because Hayato knows judo, and he says it at every opportunity.
2: <laughs> he says it frequently in um, Dynasty Warriors Gundam 3, Two. He's like, my judo master always said blah, 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 I'm Like, shut up. So when,
0: when Amuro ends up arriving at his childhood home, he finds it occupied with Federation soldiers drinking and dancing to music. While the commanding officer apologizes for entering the home without permission... He tells Amuro they found the house abandoned. Most of the drunk soldiers laugh as Amuro yells out, expecting his mother to be somewhere within the homestead. So this, I thought I'd kind of give a shout out to to Justin, or at least kind of make some references here. But like, you know, I mean, we always talk about this, right? Like Gundam itself has a lot of parallels to, to historical wartime scenarios in our own history. You know, so it's like the first thing you think of is, you know, or at least for me, you know, it's it's like, I think of like the quartering acts, you know, things like the American Revolution, you know, stuff like the Third Amendment, you know, like all this kind of stuff, right? So you're, you're kind of, you know, that is the kind of thing that goes through my head when i see a a sequence like this i mean but it's not uh, it might not be you know it's not necessarily limited to the american revolution right you could say that things like this happened in the american civil war it happened in you know the world wars and all this kind of stuff like it seems like if there is some kind of wartime scenario there can be elements of occupation and further than occupation there can be elements of occupation where people you know, shack up in other people's houses, basically. So, I mean, you know, I was curious, like, did you, did, or are there other things you thought of when you were watching that scene, Justin, or anything like that?
2: Uh, mostly just the example you cited, you know, this, this happened, this sort of thing happens frequently, you know, the American Revolution, War of 1812, the Civil War, the different world wars, I mean, it didn't matter what side you were on. Like if you were a soldier and you're out and you encounter like some, some little farmhouse, if there's no one there, even if there's people there and you know, you've, you've not ate a good meal in a long time. Like you're probably going to try and, well, I'm not going to say every soldier is going to take advantage of the situation, but if you're tired and hungry and desperate, you may try and take advantage of the situation and, you know, if if they've got like a chicken or a cow or something, like they're gonna they're gonna eat it no matter what the the farmers or the landowners are gonna say. And this is this is something you see in media too. I mean, even the recent film 1917. I don't know if you guys saw that, but there's like this big extended sequence where these two soldiers in in a World War One they come across this farm and there's nobody there and parts of it are bombed out and they kind of just help themselves to, you know whatever's laying around and it kind of leads to some consequences for them for these actions but yeah there's i mean there's there's all kinds of stories of soldiers coming across you know farms or maybe a little tiny village and kind of like what armor encounters like sometimes sometimes the soldiers even on your own side are not exactly the the nicest people you know especially if they're tired and hungry and you know, all they've had is like you know field rations for you know two or three weeks or a month or whatever.
0: yeah, I mean, this this episode definitely explores all the the ugly aspects of of wartime occupation. i I did notice too, like that this is always sort of a constant when dealing with the different versions of, I guess this original series, basically. like the the music is always slightly different and it's really exemplified in this scene because it's like the the party music in the TV dub is kind of like like salsa i guess i don't i don't know how <laughs> to describe it like that's kind of how how it sounded like to me The Japanese version is is very '70s jazzy Japanese, you know, like like that that kind of music. <laughs> and then, I, I almost want to say the movie dub is like. Like Tarantino, Surfer music, or I don't know, like it's just—it's just like they're—they're all like very, very different like music that they're dancing to. Uh And then you know the other thing that's interesting is, you know, and this is also a constant I think with watching you know Japanese shows is Japanese like film and television—they're very comfortable having like dead air or, or like, you know, taking in moments of silence. And and a lot of this sequence is it, at least in the original version, there, there is a lot of that. Like you take in the silence, you realize like nobody's in the house, right? Like that there's, you know, his mom's not there and that there's some, some dead silence and this and that. But it, it, it you know, it's always interesting to me, like how, you know, it's like the Larry's, like, even, even if it's like, it's funny. Cause You know, I always remember Gundam being so heralded because, like, you know, all the otaku heads, you know, were like, even back in the day, oh, Gundam Wing's so great because they don't mess it up like Funimation. But I'm like, even this, I mean, it's not like they had Bruce Falconer put in the... You know, in the (laughs) middle of the... You know, in the middle of this, like, serious scene. But they did take, you know, score from the original Gundam and put it over certain segments that had quote-unquote dead air and i could see like the producers you know or whoever you know she was kind of going larry you know we can't we can't have no dead, you know we
1: can't have dead air that's
0: like a whole like 10 seconds of dead air you know like i could see them like freaking out about it because if you if you flip back and forth between the channels you know you can hear it where it's like oh in one sequence there's like no music at all in the other sequence it's like the sad you know you know kind of music or whatever in the background so i did i did find that kind of interesting in this sequence and then like the whole you know i I kind of talk about how the soldiers taunt him you know because he's basically you know like to to put it simply you know he's looking for his mommy right Mm -hmm. like so they 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 kind of taunt him in that but that the the japanese version is much more cruel i think like there's there's a line that doesn't really carry over into any of the well I don't know it, it it's interesting like so in the Japanese version there's a moment where he's running through looking for the house you know through throughout the house looking for his mother and there's one sequence where in the Japanese version the the dialogue is translated as well maybe she died running away hmm. like so literally like they're saying yeah. ah she probably died kid yeah, and 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 versus like I think they don't bring up her dying in the TV dub. They just kind of say, oh, he doesn't believe me that she's not here and this house is empty and all that kind of stuff. And in the uh, movie dub, like they they don't say die. Are you in there,
2: Mom? But- he lost his mommy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but. If, if you read between the lines of how they're snarky, like, not only do they tease him, they, they say, oh, he lost his mommy, you know? And it's like, lost could be, mm-hmm. mean something else too, right? So maybe that's how they chose to translate, you know, maybe she died running away, you know, type thing. But I, I found all those distinctions kind of interesting because it does it does sort of change. I don't know, I found like, the, the, you know, watching this, you know, certain versions of this, you know i took certain interpretations from the different versions and it, and it uh, the impact i think was different each time i watched it i guess how, what what are you guys normally doing when you watch this do you just watch the the japanese language or do you watch the dub or
2: i usually just watch the english dub
0: okay yeah me too
2: okay you disgrace the
0: uniform you wear so amuro defeated prepares to leave the house but stops to pick up a wooden childhood marionette. This triggers a flashback of when Amaro and Temre first left to go out into space and his mother opts to stay behind on Earth. Amaro is quickly snapped out of the memory by a drunk Federation soldier who taunts him for missing his mommy. Amaro runs off with his childhood toy and comes upon more Federation officers eating apples from a local vendor's apple cart without paying for them. The woman fruitlessly begs the officer to pay for the apples as he simply munches away. When Amuro sees the officer toss a coin on the ground for the woman to pick up, he tells her not to pick it up, and that the soldier who tossed the coin to the ground will pick up the coin. After being confronted, Amuro knocks the soldier to the ground and pummels him with his fists. However, the second soldier kicks Amuro off his partner, and they both begin to kick him while he is down. So here we have another confrontation scene, another scene where ultimately Amro's getting his ass whooped. The movie dub I thought was kind of cool because he has a line where he says you disgrace the uniform you wear. And and that's not really in any of the other versions I saw. So that stood out to me. I mean, you know, to me, I think it's like, I don't know, dudes just acting shitty to act shitty, you know, like I don't know, but but you know, that it's like you get you get why Amro's pissed off about it. But, you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, spoilers. I mean, he does come back and kick the shit out of the Xeon with a Gundam. But it's like, you'd think he could come back with a Gundam and kick the shit out of some of these idiots too, right? But that doesn't really happen. So.
1: That one part unintentionally made me laugh when they're like stomping on Amaro and that woman's just kind of like, "Hey, that boy looks familiar." And he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm being beaten up." <laughs> and she's like, "Where have I seen him before?" And he's like, "Ah, oh,
0: help me." Like, <laughs> see, and that's that's another thing about the different versions of this is I I got that same vibe when I watched this cuz this this is my this is my description of that scene. The Apple Vendor, either stupefied or just oblivious to the assault, takes this moment to recall the name of the boy who has defended her as Amuro, a friend of her daughter's. After deciding this, she runs to intercede and asks the soldiers to stop. Like, so to me, like, the way I took that was, like, she didn't know who he was. She took, like, it's like she's taking all the time. It's like he's getting kicked to death, and she's like, Who is that?
1: Oh, yeah! It's
0: that Uh kid! And then she runs over and goes, "Okay, guys, knock it off, right?"
1: But there's only a like, right to like intercede when she recognizes him when she <laughs> knew who
0: he was. Like, and that that's totally how it comes off in that dub. In 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 the Japanese language, the the first minute she has that stupefied moment, it's not because she doesn't know; it's because she does know him, but she's trying to figure out where she knows him from. So it's, it, it plays a little better where it's like, it's like, she's like, oh, wait, I, I know that kid. That's who it is. It's it's Amaro. Like, okay, you guys stop beating up on Amaro. And it, I don't know what it is, but it just, it plays better. Whereas in the other version, I totally, I totally had that same, you know, secret brothers, right? Like I had that same, like,
2: dude, you're taking an
0: awfully long time to stop these guys from kicking the shit out of this kid who tried to defend you. But yeah
2: to me this scene like goes hand in hand with uh, a scene coming up like to me like what happens to Elmero here it directly influences his decision later on like at his mom's clinic but I guess we'll get to that later yeah yeah yeah
0: so, after this, the woman tells Amuro how the current platoons of soldiers that survived were cut off from the main force. Amuro realizes, this is another interesting distinction, Amuro realizes his childhood friend Kamali is now gone from their hometown, but it's much more clear to me, in the Japanese language and movie dub, that gone actually means she's dead, because they actually say her his friend is dead. So you, you, I don't know. To me, it didn't really sink in until I watched the other versions that this woman is basically telling Amuro, my husband and my daughter are both dead because of this war. And so she informs Amuro that his mother is now a volunteer at the refugee camps. Elated to have a lead on his mother's whereabouts, Amuro heads to the old church. There's a lot of, kind of, I don't know. I, I, I feel like some of the, it's like, I like this genre. I enjoy the real robot genre. I think a lot of people enjoy the real robot genre because it did things that no other anime did at the time. And because of that, it was unique and and created new and interesting story points and, and ideas. So I, there's part of me that wants to say a lot of the aspects of this episode are very realistic meaning specifically the actions that are taken and some of the events that occur but i also kind of feel like a lot of the dialogue is super clunky and overdone kind of like how i feel about like the fox kids x-men cartoon it's like i get why people dug it it was like the first time they'd ever seen you know mutants and you know, I don't know, like, you know, uh, bigotry and racism and, you know, fighting for your rights and all that stuff explored on television. But I, I feel like, you know, what's-his-face from South Park should be inserted into the scene with Amro and the Apple Lady where he comes out and he's like, hmm, uh, war is bad, okay? You know, like, like <laughs> he's, like, standing there by the fucking door because it's, like, it just... I get like it's like it's like they broke new ground but like i i feel like i shouldn't ignore like the shortcomings of some of the dialogue but i i was wondering like what what, how, what do you guys think of that like how did you you know like it, it, is this just you know something you kind of went ah okay that's fine or like what do, what do you guys think of this either i guess the real robot aspects of it you know the the realism of it like how do you how realistic do you think some of this is and then You know, what do you think about the dialogue? Like, do you think it's too forced, or do you think it's just fine?
2: I I think if this were, like, a... If this were, like, a Go Nagai anime, like, when Omriel gets beat up, like, he would immediately, like, you know... Get his demon face and eviscerate those two guys, right? Like, it would just, you know, like, like you said, Amuro would come back and like have his revenge at the end of the episode or something. Like, that would, that would be a go to guy, like horrific, you know, kind of exploitative, you know, late 70s anime. But because this is the real robot genre, Amuro gets the shit kicked out of him, you know, a couple of times in this episode. And not only that, but like, emotionally he gets the shit kicked out of him multiple times from multiple people you know like the stuff with his mom coming home and finding these drunk soldiers who were like supposed to be on his side like in his ho- in his childhood home finding out that one of his childhood friends and her dad is dead like he like Amro takes a beating in this episode and it's pretty i think it's pretty harsh and i mean i know this is like you know a, A cartoon from the 70s but i remember watching this episode when it was on toonami and it stood out to me for these reasons like i don't think i had seen very much of this in any previous anime i mean even even stuff like akira like we we you know laud akira for being you know great and everything but i think there's more there's more emotional depth and more subtlety in this i mean The dialogue?
0: The soldiers who survived were cut off from the
2: main force. No one would come and help when they needed it, so that's what happened to them. Or so, it's so awful. I see. So, Komali's gone. Yes, my daughter and my my husband. I wish I could feel grateful being alive, but somehow I... So, have you been able to find your mother? I don't know if you chalk the dialogue up to just... It's Japanese, and sometimes it doesn't translate well you know into english and and that sort of thing i i'm not sure about that but it's sometimes sometimes things are not made clear and sometimes i wonder if that's on purpose or if it's a result of the original japanese storytelling
1: one thing i will say like even though the ocean group is a little vague on the dialogue like i think it it was clear from like Brad Swale's, like delivery of the line that like Kamali is dead. Like I feel like like he says Kamali's gone. Like like the way yeah. he says it, it's just like it's really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like like he's like he's coming to terms
2: with it. Like it's so like I thought it's not like he's saying oh Kamali's gone. Like oh Kamali yeah. went to the where store. Where did she and... go? Yeah, she will be right. Back. She went right. to like, like you know get a bottle of pop or something for it. And it's then like, in, like oh, the she's... the old yeah.
1: woman has to like think about it. She's like hmm. Like I don't know where she went. Like. I,
0: I kind of just thought, like, it was more of that, like, coded speak, you know, like, the plasma, the my destruction, you know, like, you know, shit like that, where it just, it annoys me that they couldn't just, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the other dub stuff, or even the Japanese language, it's just straight up, like, yeah, it basically, when, when, when the, the Apple lady tells him that, he's like, Kamali's dead? Like, like that's his response. Not Kamali's gone, you know. And it's just, I, it was one of those things that pissed me off because I'm just like, just fucking say it, you know.
2: Well, at least, at least they didn't say Kamali's gone to the next dimension. Yeah, yeah Kamali's gone to the to next, to the next
1: dimension.
2: dimension. It's not, it's not. I guess uh, it,
0: it wasn't Sunday, was it? No, man, it wasn't <laughs> Sunday. You <know? laughs>
2: uh, uh. He's like, it's okay.
1: I can see Comely's parachute. She's all right. Uh.
2: Comely's gone. The bomb attacks were terrifying. Every night, they never let off.
0: Comely, how could she be
2: dead? My daughter and my husband, the same night. Why was I chosen to be the only survivor? I wish I could feel grateful being alive, but somehow I. So, have you been able to find your mother? So,
0: two Xeon Lagoons fly over a white face, and Ryu launches to take care of them in the Core Fighter. Ryu quickly dispatches the first lagoon, and becomes embroiled in a dogfight with the other. Meanwhile, Amuro's Corps fighter lands outside of the church, refugee camp, Red Cross, or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. The locals quickly ask Amuro to hide the Corps fighter, as there is a Zeon base right over the hill that comes to the camp daily. Before he can begin, his mother comes out and recognizes him, and they have a somewhat joyful reunion. Amuro then hides the core fighter, and catches his mother up on what has happened to him and his father. On side 7. When Xeon soldiers arrive, Amuro's uniform is hidden under a blanket in a
2: sickbed. Okay, I have a question. Is is Amuro's reunion with his mom really joyful? Because it seems like there's a lot of hesitation there. Because I was like, okay, like, dude, you haven't seen your mom in years, right? Like, just just run up and hug her. And you get the feeling that he wants to, but he hesitates for what feels like forever when you're watching the episode.
0: Well, like that's the point of the flashback, I think. Mm. Like, there's a lot of unspoken yes, shit yeah, there they is. have to deal with, right? Because, mm-hmm. because she, I mean, you know, like I, a lot of me wants to make fun of it, but I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd be willing to just if if you want to tackle it seriously, right? Like the facts of it are. Amara was, what, like, five or six or something when yeah. he goes off to space with his dad? And now he's, what, he's a teenager, right? So that means, like, she's been out of his life for, like, mm, nine, ten years, eight years, whatever. Yeah. Like, a long fucking time. And on top of that, it was her decision, right? Like, like, the father is obviously not the most personable guy. We know this, right? Okay, fine, right? But... And, and, and you know, maybe it has more to do with Temre and, and his mother than it does with Amuro. But Amuro is not adult enough to know that, to recognize that. Especially not at, like, six or whatever when that happens. And and they have the whole flashback where it's like, please come with us into space. Let's keep the family unit together. And basically her response is like, eh, I don't like space. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to stay here. You know? And it's like, well... If there's more to it than that, that's fine. I, I, you know, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Maybe there was other problems with Temeray that we don't know about. And Temeray, like I said, is not, is not like, the most emotionally available guy. Like, I get all that, right? Like, there's probably more to it than that. So I'm not trying to simplify it or just, you know, take one side over the other or anything like that. But from Obero's point of view, basically, he hasn't seen this woman in, like, ten years. The last thing she said to him was, ''Be a good boy,'' And then, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, now she's like, "You weren't a good boy," you know, and it's just like, "Well, that's gonna fuck with your head, right?" Like, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of weird weird stuff
1: going on there. You're kind of making Amro's mom sound like Mr. Mackey now, like, I don't, I don't want to go to space, like space is bad. I don't want space is bad.
2: Space is
1: bad. Okay. Yeah,
2: but the The relationship with Omriel's mom. This is another thing that stood out to me when I first watched this episode. Because, seeing it again, like, part, the part of me that feels sorry for her is like maybe ten percent, and you know ninety percent. Like, I don't feel bad for her at all because I feel, at least in the at least in the English dialogue, where she's like, basically, uh, I don't think I could live in space. And that's her only explanation. Like, I kind of feel like she's selfish. The part of me that understands her, like, her her reaction to Amuro and what he does later in the episode. Like, I get that. Like, she she hasn't seen Amuro in, you know, eight to ten yeah. years. Yeah. She still thinks of him as a little boy. So yeah. when she sees what he does and she understands that he's in a war, like, that that image of little, little Amuro that she saw is completely shattered. So I... I understand that but I this is one of those moments where I wish they were a little more clear like why why did she stay behind because it just it just feels selfish unless unless she was sick and couldn't go or needed to stay back and take care of family or you know like Mr like Mr Omereau was like a bad husband well, or I something mean, you know,
0: maybe I mean, I, you know, who knows? I mean, see, all we can do at this point is speculate, right? But maybe, maybe this lends some credence to the shit that Kaya spews, you know, like, mm. like, for all I know, maybe she is a elitist and didn't want to like, like, it's, it's, you know, those people that, uh, you know, don't want to go outside of, uh, you know, uh Queens, New York. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. wait, what? I gotta travel somewhere? No, I, I like where I am. You know, and it's like that kind of thing. Like, I don't know. Like maybe, maybe she is. You know, like a, a New York elite person, but on Earth. You know, like I don't know. You know, like like there. But of course, it's all just speculation, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know, like it's 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 weird because, the the. I mean, I guess we can go into so, more of what happens, but. You know, the, it's different depending on what version you watch. But there's a lot of stuff she says to Amaro after she witnesses that. And, you know, you say you can understand that her vision of her little boy is shattered. Which, okay, I, I can appreciate that. But she doesn't help to pick up the pieces either. Yeah. Like, like, once they're shattered, it's like she takes her, like, steel toe hiker boot and fucking starts, you know... Yeah, stepping on them and making them even worse you know like that's kind of what i feel like and it's it's a very it's a very odd kind of you know like like you said like like you know maybe you said you know the hesitation you know like like you know it's it's like the idea of you know do you do you run into a punch or do you recoil from it you know (laughs) what i mean like so and it's like if you start to learn that that's coming maybe you're First instinct is to hesitate right like I don't know what I was gonna mention um based on you know where we left off was this is this to me is a weird moment I don't know if this stood out to you guys or not but um I I feel sort of indicated but but I'll I'll explain in a second so so the refugees that come out or the locals right they're like oh can you can you hide that core fighter bro like yeah there's a zeon you know whatever so there's there's a couple of them and they're all pretty old Based on the VAs in the dub, based on the voice actor in the Japanese language, uh, they all appear to be elderly old men. If you look at the elderly old, we'll call them man, on the right side of the screen, um, I was kind of like, that looks it's, like a woman. Yeah, like, I that. It's got, I, I it's got like, yep. it's, it's got <laughs> like the, you know, the way the shirt is, it kind of has like the little... You know, memory lines and all that shit, right? So I'm kind of like, hey, you know, like, like uh, to me, I think you uh, like, can see, what...
1: it, she's wearing a dress in one like scene at least, so yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, was
0: kind of like, is that well? To me, I was kind of like, is that miss dubbed? And and when I listen to the Japanese language, I'm like, no, that sounds like a Japanese man voice in it too. Like maybe they just thought they were being faithful. And the only reason why I felt vindicated, which I shouldn't, because everybody's gonna be like, Bright has an English accent. That's no vindication. But when I watched the movie dub, it's it's an old lady voice. It's like it's like,
2: oh my, well,
0: uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, mm-hmm. you're all, y'all's joyful reunion, but can you? Can you hide that core fighter? You know, or whatever, whatever she says, right? Like, and so I was just kind of like, hmm, because I was like, I'm like, am I the only one who thinks that uh, old old uh, person looks like a lady and not a man?
1: But, you know, I don't know. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't want to seem insensitive, but we have to hide that fighter plane. Yes, I understand. Go ahead, son. We can talk when you get finished. I must have a million questions to ask you. Hmm. Hurry. I've got it. What a fine boy. Yes, he is. In, uh, uh, excuse me, could you please take care of the fighter plane now? Yes, that's right. Amaro, go hide it quickly. Then the two of us can spend some time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take it
0: that's your son? Yes. So then we, we cut to our commercial break, the
1: show. The Justice League wouldn't help us. So, Batman formed a new team. These people of power are all looking for something be it their past, or a purpose, or simply somewhere to fit in. These are the heroes for a troubled age. They are the Outsiders. We are the Outsiders!
0: covering Mike W. Barr's 1983 series from the very beginning as they face villains no other team can, like Agent Orange, the Force of July, and the Nuclear Family. (laughs) Puns. This is The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us with The Huntress podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehuntresspodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at Bat Outcasters. We are the Outcasters because to live outside the law, you must be honest. We are the <laughs> And then we come back from our commercial break. And Ryu eventually hits the second Lagoon fighter, but it is at the cost of his own core fighter's fuel tank, which is leaking badly. Ryu radios Bright back at White Base to report he cannot confirm the second fighter was taken down. White Base operator Marker Clan can confirm that the fighter was last headed towards Amuro's hometown. Bright orders Ryu back to the ship and Selah to send Amuro an alert signal. When the Zeon soldiers offer one of the kids chocolate to inform on Amuro, the kid kicks the Zeon in the shin, demanding he give back his mother and father. Unfortunately, right before the Zeon soldiers depart, Sayla's alert to Amuro can be heard in the background of the camp. When the Zeon soldiers try to uncover Amuro, Amuro shoots one of them with his pistol. The other soldier runs off in terror, and Amaro shoots after him as he drives away in a jeep. After Amaro empties every bullet in his pistol, Amaro's mother decides she's ashamed of Amaro, and Amaro tells his mother they're in the middle of a war. So yeah, this is this is one of the big moments here, where there's lots of accusatory language and and, and interpersonal drama and fighting, and of course it's Mike's favorite scene. Which, again, I'm going to point back and say, I think the dialogue and delivery is sort of overdone. You know, the whole,
1: too bad, you can't have some
0: chocolate! You know, like, what? (laughs) Like... Well, it's funny, because...
1: It's like fucking General Septim's like, I want some fucking chocolate! The guy even looks like Septim. He's got the tiny little mustache. He's like, what? You want some chocolate? In the turn A timeline, that's General
0: Septim's like, great, 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 great grandfather or some shit. Uh... Uh, no man, that I couldn't that that one line I couldn't take it too seriously. You're watching
2: what I'm talking about. But uh, back to what I was saying. I I think Amrail getting the shit kicked out of him while that old lady stood there trying to remember where she saw him. Like I think that's ultimately what led him to shoot that guy. Like he's mm-hmm. he's in a hospital. He's his mom's there, so he's probably afraid of his mom getting hurt. You know, despite whatever emotional tension they have between them, like, he doesn't want his mom to get hurt. He doesn't want to get hurt because he's a soldier and he's got a job to do. And, he, you know, like, what What if those guys, like, took hostages or, you know, what, what if they shart- what if they started shooting, you know, the other patients in the hospital? So I think instead of, like, letting those guards take hostages or, or, or just try and capture him or start beating the shit out of him, like, that's why he shoots that guy.
0: Well, it it also creates a, a point counterpoint, right? Like you're you, it's like Amuro shot the Xeon, that means he could have shot those other soldiers if he really wanted to. Yeah, you know what I mean. But but there's there there was a certain level. I mean, as much as him getting the shit kicked out of him probably sucked, there was a certain level of a line in that instance where he he wasn't gonna cross it, right? but in this case this is a different scenario because this is the enemy soldier right and and they're they're you know basically at this point I mean they're practically rifle butting his mom in the face you know what I mean so it's yeah. like there's 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 a immediate sense of danger you know not only like you said not only to himself right you know at this point maybe Amro doesn't care too much about himself you know he's got the you know putting in the milk depression and all you know like there's there's a certain aspect where he he's He's accepted that he can die and he's ready to die. But like you said, maybe there is a, you know, as much as there's some tension between him and his mother, you know, he he doesn't want her to die. Right. So there's that aspect of it. You know, I, 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 you know, that, you know, I, the only thing that I have a problem with is he should have shot that other fat fuck right away instead of letting him get to the jeep, right? But yeah. otherwise, like that, you know. I mean, to me, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not, I'm not with uh, Amara's mom and this whole thing about. I mean, they, she, she, in in the dub, she says she's ashamed of him. In the the movie, she says he's a murderer, mm-hmm. which I think is fucking ridiculous. I'm just gonna say it. I think that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. You know, like, I could understand, as much as Amuro's a little fucking snot in that dub, you know, like, I'm Amuro, hey, fuck off, you know? Like, as much as he's a snot in that, I could get being pissed off about that.
2: How? How could you deliberately take the life of a fellow man? Amuro, that man could have a wife and children. What's happened to you? What then? What?
0: If you don't think I should
2: kill our enemies, do you prefer that i let them kill me instead? Just what kind of a mother do I have here? Son, that was murder. Just declaring a war doesn't make killing people excusable. They murder us, don't they? Don't you care about me? Have you ever? You really did abandon me. What do you mean? My not going to side seven doesn't mean I abandoned you.
0: You called me a murderer. (gasps) Well, aren't you? The the movie dub's interesting because... They play it like the soldier. The first soldier got shot dead. I think in the Japanese and the the TV dub they play it. I think strictly to the script where they say, "Oh, he got shot in the stomach, but he'll live, and mm-hmm. we better get him patched up and this and that." In the in the movie dub, they almost seem like, "Oh shit, he killed this guy. Like we're gonna get the blame for this." So you can kind of yeah. understand. There's there's to me there's a little more of like, "Oh, you done fucked up." Like there could have been a a different way maybe to handle that. But, you know, it's, it's funny because you're not there, right? Like, I mean, what what else was he supposed to do? Like, you know, just let them rip off the, the blanket, see him, and then shoot him? You know, like, I mean, that's basically what he says to his mother, right? Like, would you prefer I ha- had been quote-unquote murdered? Would you prefer I would be the one on the end of the gun butt? You know, like, so... I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of... Uh, accusation there and and of course that's kind of what i was joking about earlier was in the flashback you know especially in the movie dub i think she's like
2: now be a good little boy
0: you know like don't shoot me zeon be a good boy (laughs) and then here she is now she's like you shot the fucking zeon you weren't a good boy i don't like you anymore it's like he's like oh fuck this you know like but um yeah, well, I don't know. What, what what do you guys think of Amaro's mother's reaction? Like, do you think she's too quick to judgment? Is is she just uh, you know conflicted between the love for her son and and being horrified by you know w- what people have to do to survive in war? You know, is she oblivious to reality? You know, maybe. I mean, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why she didn't go into space because she's she's not all there. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I mean. How- she can't be oblivious right i mean she's working in an aid station right like a red a red cross the a red cross facility possibly like she can't be that oblivious to to war and what happens right i, I mean i'm sure it's different if it's you know if it's your son or if it, or if you or if you witness it right in front of you, but I mean, she she can't be that obtuse, right? I I don't well, know. she's she's
0: fixing people, right? She's helping people that are sick and or wounded. But is she, is is, it, 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 I mean, I guess it, it, let me put it this way: like it, it, she, a, at best, she's Colleen McMurphy, but she's she's never been dodger in the middle of the shit. Insert yeah. clip. Were you in the shit? Yeah, I was in the shit. Right. Like, so, 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 I mean, there's, there's a, it's like, I'm not saying one hasn't, you know, I'm not comparing horrors. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not saying that there's some kind of fucking meter, like in street fighter, where if you have (laughs) a certain meter, you're, you you have more uh, special moves than the other person. I'm just saying they have two distinct and individual experiences. and, 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 you know, her reaction is probably tempered and, you know, generated by her own life experiences, whereas Amaro's had to kill a bunch of motherfuckers by this point. Like, this is not—I mean, the, the main difference is he he had to do it kind of face-to-face with a gun, you know. But it's like, you know, I mean, ultimately, as we'll see, I mean, he goes back to that base and and goes back with Gundam and kills a whole lot of motherfuckers so i mean you know it's like if 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 she's calling him a murderer or she's ashamed you know that doesn't play into what he decides to do next you know like that's that's not a reality that he's well i mean calling it a reality i feel like is kind of silly but but that's that's not a reality that he's uh you know I don't know. That's not the Kool-Aid that Amuro was drinking, mm. you know what I mean? Like, that's that's not that's not what's going on, you know? Amuro tracks the wounded lagoon to a Zeon base in his core fighter. The base begins opening anti-aircraft fire on Amuro, and he takes down two more fighters. Kai then arrives in the gun parry and suggests a mid-air docking between Amuro's core fighter and the Gundam. Amuro's mother, meanwhile, cries away in denial while Amuro successfully executes the mid-air conversion. Amuro then destroys the base in Gundam with his beam rifle and Vulcan cannons. Bright has a little hissy fit over stupid Kai and Amuro, (laughs) and Bright can't understand why he's wasting White Base's valuable resources on a base of no strategic importance. Afterwards, Bright tells Amuro's mother he's honored to have him aboard White Base and how terrific his performance has been under extreme pressure. In the movie dub, he even says, "Be assured, I'll watch after him like a brother." <laughs> <laughs> uh, as they leave, Frau Bo turns back to see Amro's mother fall to her knees and cry over her son. Next time, <laughs> time be still. Who will survive? Like that's that's basically the end of the episode. Do you guys think Bright's right? Was was this a waste to, to take out that base?
2: I mean, probably, but, I mean, we, the audience, understand what's going on near the base, right? Like, that's the base closest to Amro's hometown. We understand ju- just having Federation soldiers there at that town is a burden. Like, we understand all of this, but Bright doesn't. Bright probably sees it tactically. He sees, like, oh, why, why are we even bothering with this tiny little Zeon base? Like, this is, like, a fart you know, we should be focusing on, you know, the bigger picture, right? Like that I imagine that's what that's what Bright is thinking. And he he's probably he's probably tactically correct, but it's you know this is like a question of like Amro's emotions, right?
0: Well, I mean even even if you go beyond like an emotional aspect to it, I mean technically he shot a Xeon soldier, right? They if, if the Zeon base was still active, they would seek retribution for that. So Amaro's effectively ensured that, you know, that nobody's coming to bother that Red Cross for a long fucking time. Right. Like right. Uh, if at all. Right. So to me, I thought, well, you know, I mean, it, to me, I thought of it less as an emotional thing. But to me, it was more of a peace of mind. Like I shot this one fucking guy. I let the other guy in the Jeep get away. You know what? I'm, you know, I followed the guy in the Jeep all the way back, made sure he was dead and fucking killed all those other guys, you know, like, so they don't have to worry about, you know, they, they might still have to worry about Federation assholes stealing apples from them, but they're
1: not going to get, they're not going to get killed, right? They're not going to be handed like, poison chocolate or whatever, you know? Like, the, there is, like, I see, you know, you see the logic behind it, but I don't know, like, maybe... I don't know how to put like this, like like the optics of it look a little like off, like they, mm. that like that is a little shit zeon base, like they didn't even have any Zaku's or anything, and like you know Amuro pretty much like massacred them, so like I mean, like yes, like it's probably ultimately a good thing, but like you know, and maybe Amuro like decided to do that almost because he was working off some like frustration or whatever, or you know some emotional turmoil. So like I, I don't know like the ultimately it probably was a good thing but like you know you, you, there's something off about it like
0: do you think Bright's reaction to meeting Amro's mother and his description of Amro is uh, a put on? Do you think it's sort of legit and Amro's just hearing this for the first time? Like what do you what do you think of that whole? Instance, because I, I I took it as one. Bright was being reverent of, you know, uh, an elder basically, right? Like he was treating Amro's mother with a great amount of respect. Um, I'm not sure what I think about him saying, you know, because it, it's like immediate. It's like that right after he calls Kai stupid and says, "What the hell's Amro doing?" He, he then he comes out and says, You know what? He's he's done a good job under extreme pressure and I'm honored to have him here or in the in the movie dub, you know, I will defend him like a brother or whatever the fuck he says, right? I, so I, I don't know, is is, is 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 a little of that a bit of a put on or what what do you guys think?
2: I think some of it is. I feel like if Omrio's mom wasn't there, like Bright would have went out and shoot him out and been like, what are you doing? Like why are we bothering with this? Like you're wasting our Mm. our time and our resources. But maybe do you think
0: that gave Bright more insight into why Omero did what he did?
2: Yeah. And also like when Mirai kind of like told him like that's enough, like maybe that gave him pause to, you know, maybe reconsider and also Mm. I mean, you know, we've talked about Bright's inexperience and he's he's just kind of thrown into this role. Like, a seasoned commander probably wouldn't make those kind of statements out loud on the bridge mm. during combat, right? Like, okay. they would okay. do it in private. So, like, if if Amro's mom wasn't there, like, Bright maybe would have walked out and chewed his ass out. But, but maybe, you know, Mirai stopping him, you know, from going further and saying anything else, like, maybe that gave him pause and then seeing... Amaro's mom kind of like further went, oh, you maybe. know what? Like, maybe, maybe I should try and put on a good face and reconsider I, this.
1: I think part of it is also Bright doesn't want to like muddy the waters with Amaro. Like, he doesn't want to chew out like his subordinate for like killing the enemy basically like yeah. like yeah. what it's it's as simple as that like you saw a threat and you took it out like that's you know that's you know we they might have to discuss like well first up we got to manage our resources a little better but i'm not like a, a good commanding officer wouldn't say like like how dare you like kill those enemies that were threatening like <laughs> were threatening us or whatever like that's not yeah, just, you know that's just, not just productive because... Just because
0: somebody takes initiative and, you know, gets uh, a bunch of work done in the the fruit section and really what you wanted the priority to be was the bakery, like, you're not going to be like, God damn it, like, why would you fix all them oranges? You know, you'd be like, look, okay, this is great work, but uh, tomorrow we're going to concentrate on, you know. The bakery or well, Ka- Ka-
1: Kai and Amro do come off like as a like couple of like like kids trying out a new toy a little bit. Though, yeah, like, dude, well, like Amro's like, whoa, fair, it's the Gun parry. It, it's like a to freaking be... like toy commercial. Like Amro's like, it's the Gun parry and he's brought the Gundam modules. Let's do a midair conversion, radical. <laughs> well,
0: that I mean, it is a toy commercial. That's yeah. that's what's going on. Goodbye. But I stay well, mother. Please write to me. I'll write back. Be assured, I'll watch after him like a brother.
1: Sorry, but uh, just in general with this episode, I think I've, I've recast Amaro's mom as Mister Mackey now. From like from now on, like, uh, why'd you kill that guy, Amaro? Like, cause uh, killing's bad. Like, okay. okay, why'd you shoot that
2: guy? Like, used to be a good boy, now you're a bad boy. Okay. <laughs> Um, um, uh, all
0: right you guys you guys have anything else on this or are we are we good
1: amaro's mom is mr mackie Xeon chocolate like yeah i think we're <laughs> old ladies who can't decide what to uh, stop a kid from being beaten up until they recognize them old 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 ladies who have old man voices mm. like yeah this is a pretty cool <laughs> This was a pretty full episode.
2: Yeah. yeah, great episode. Could have been made greatest episode if it had Frau Bo a Bikini. Could have been.
0: I, you know, that's 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 something you should, you should, we should find some uh, renowned uh, manga artist and get him to commission you uh, Frau Bo <laughs> on the beach, like playing volleyball or something. All right. Well, if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes for Mobile Suit Mondays, you can check them out over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. The entire backlog of our episodes of Mobile Suit Mondays are over there for direct download. You can send us, let's see, we got emails, we got the spot. You can find us on social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio and uh, Google Play. And we're on Apple Podcasts. So, until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek W.C. (laughs) Chocolata,
1: signing on. It's Mike, and
2: killing's bad, okay? And space is bad. I don't like space. And this is Justin. those chocolate bars!
0: <laughs> I want my mom dude. and
2: dad back. Fuck your chocolate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck you, fucking chocolate.
1: It's like they, they, after uh, they, like, patch him up, they, like, bring him up to the roof, and, like, they, the kid, like, drops him through a trap door, and then shoots <laughs> him in midair, So he's like,
0: In <laughs> that kid, that kid after roof shot him in the stomach, he should have been good, and <laughs> he steps on his stomach. Uh... This is for mom and dad. He puts a pillow over the guy's head.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Uh,
1: and then Mamoru's mom's like, don't do that, because uh, murder's bad. <laughs>
2: Amro's like someday I will be the most powerful Fetty ever I will even stop people from dying <laughs> uh, bright he's holding me back
1: that's why he left la- he told bright like at the beginning of the episode before he left he was like I had a bad dream about my mother like I gotta go like, Bye.
2: <laughs> that's in the origin version Mike
1: maybe those soldiers should have been like you know sorry kid like your mother was kidnapped by sand people like Sand Zeons. Sand Zeons. <laughs> <laughs>